0: Welcome to Journaling with Nature, the podcast for those who want to turn curiosity into wonder, a pencil sketch into a rabbit hole of discovery, a moment of stillness into a life full of joy. I'm your host, Bethan Burton. Let's open the pages of our nature journals and explore this world together. Hello, this is episode 55. Today I'm speaking with a podcast listener who has become a dear friend. Ayoka Kaiser is a speech therapist who is now forging a career in sketchnoting and teaching sketchnoting to others. In our conversation, we speak about the power of visual communication, how sketchnoting and nature journaling overlap, and a whole lot more. Let's listen. Mm -hmm. I am so excited to talk to you on the podcast, Ayoka. Thank you so
1: much for being here. I've been excited ever since I knew I would be on. It's been a long time waiting. (laughs) Thank you for having
0: me on. To start, I would love to tell the story about how we met. Is that okay with you? Yeah. (laughs) So you were a listener of the podcast and then you sent me an email. And this email landed in my spam folder and I looked at it After I came across it, and at first it didn't make sense to me, it said something like, Sorry for the long rant, but da-da-da-da, Ayoka. And I didn't know what was going on. This was just a random email. And then I almost deleted it. And then I realized that you had a little voice recording attached And I'm so glad that this didn't go in the bin because I opened the voice recording and it was the sweetest email I have ever received. It was your beautiful voice sending me a message about the podcast and what it means to you. And I was just so full of joy to receive this. And so I sent you a voice message back and I think it went to your spam folder, is that? Is that how it happened?
1: I can't really remember, but we managed to grab the messages to each other, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I almost didn't see it uh, yeah, yeah. That's it.
0: and then and then we just connected, and then we had a conversation a zoom conversation, and then a friendship blossomed, and here we are
1: yeah it's it's lovely to I've been doing that for with some some instances uh, for the past few years. If I feel really moved by something, I feel like just writing something is not enough. So sending a little voice message, um, yeah, and it connects in a very different way. And I I love that we've connected over over something that I was grateful for and expressing gratitude because that's been a topic in my life lately, as you know.
0: Yes, yes, we will definitely talk about gratitude soon. To start off, I'd love, as you know, I always talk about early nature
1: experiences and I'd love to talk about nature in your early life. My parents are both zoologists, which means that like my dad loved hiking and so his counter balance for being in the lab a lot was to go hiking almost every weekend and from like a super early age we went hiking every weekend i was in like a backpack kind of situation carried around i think even before that my parents would carry like the top part of the stroller uh, between them (laughs) yeah so i've been out in nature a lot when i was young and then eventually um, i joined the girl guides but i think the most impactful nature experience um, in my childhood was when I was, uh, I think, oh, 13, yeah, was when I was 13, my dad had a sabbatical. And um, he had the means to take all of us along to the US, um, to Arizona. Near T- Tucson, Arizona, there's a research station from the American Museum of Natural History in the Chiricoa Mountains. And it's a magical place, and I was this teenage girl in the midst of this beautiful nature. And it was um, between our summer holidays and the autumn holidays, so we had to do schoolwork on our own. Um, but in the mean, like in the in the spare time, I helped, you know, with all the running of that research station. I went out with researchers to the field, and it was just. I just fell in love with that place and it was such an intense nature experience and um it actually came back to me listening to the podcast and listening to you asking that question and knowing oh i'm gonna be asked that question probably i remembered yes. so much of that and i was able to go back there again with my dad a few years later was still in school and then i vowed to come back without having to do schoolwork so I came back after I finished school and stayed there for three months, and oh, it was did? a very lovely time.
0: Wow, that sounds really significant.
1: Yeah, it was. It's such a rich place with mm. which has such a lot of animal. Like, I met way more mammals than in Germany mm. where I am, and uh, snakes and. Like all these wonderful creatures and and so many different zones of like ecological zones there's like the desert and then there's the mountains and zones in between it it was just and so many people who love nature and and look at it in a lovely way yeah it was was the
0: impact of it do you think because it was really different from what you had known or
1: was it more just being like an immersive experience I think both. It was the first time I actually left Europe. Mm-hmm. So that whole thing was really big, like flying. And we ended up, because my mom grew up in Australia, we ended up after that going to Australia for a few weeks. So we had like a round the world trip. <laughs> and It was pretty crazy. And I I love the US, I love this big open space, I love driving through the beautiful countryside with music on the radio. We didn't have a car in Germany, so it was like this huge different experience. And then I think, I think it was the magic of the place and that kind of community feeling there, because there were scientists from all over the world and then it's a huge bird watching area so there were bird groups coming in and there were lots of hummingbirds there and at night the bats would drink all the hummingbird feeder water and i loved just watching and and it was like being in fairyland with all the miracles and beautiful hiking areas and caves and um native american paintings and yeah, I found like an arrowhead somewhere and it was just magical. <laughs>
0: wow, that does sound magical. Did you ever consider following your parents into a
1: science career? No, no. know <laughs> why? <laughs> when I was little, my mum, because uh, she's a native English speaker, my mum helped my dad a lot in, the, um, in his work. Um, and they worked together for a while until she started teaching English. Um, and... So my parents were working lots and I was at the university a lot, just, you know, kind of hanging out and being a bit bored or playing games there with things that were available there. And I was like, oh, I've spent so much time at university. I don't want to go to university when I was finishing school. <laughs> so I actually, I, I, it took me a long time to decide what I wanted to do, but I actually did um, then study speech therapy. And uh, that's not a university course in Germany. It's like a special kind of school. It's a bit weird.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk more about that. We've got so much to cover (laughs) and so many different branches, so many different channels I want to go down. But first I want to talk about, so there's two really important sort of arms of your creative practice, your creativity, and they are sketchnoting and nature journaling. And I was wondering which... Of these
1: types of expression of your creativity, did you come to first? Um, Definitely, I came first to sketchnoting. Okay. Um, I kind of knew about it a tiny bit because a friend had done similar things. But then in 2016, I had this coincidence, in air quotes, (laughs) um, that I kind of stumbled across it. And I've been... Doing that ever since and developing it into a career, actually, Mm. which I would never have thought when I encountered that.
0: Can you tell the little
1: story of how (laughs) you came to it? It's so, so sweet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, I was on the Internet and I was on Google. And you know how Google has these sweet uh, illustrations sometimes. Um, So it was the 29th, because I know because the illustration was related to the date, it was the 29th Mm. of... February 2016 and there were a few rabbits um with numbers um and the one was number 28 and the next was number number one and they were sleeping and then another bunny jumped in and that was numbered with 29 and kind of squeezed in between the other two because (laughs) it said it's a leap year so uh, and I clicked on this sweet illustration and for reasons unknown to me and to the person I landed or whose site I landed on this was <laughs> linking to a site um, of uh, Diane Black who owns the Doodle Institute and she's in Chicago and she offers uh, graphic recording and sketchnoting but she, it, her focus is on graphic recording but actually that's kind of the same thing as sketchnoting in a bigger scale so I landed on her page and I got a free course uh, <laughs> and that was my intro to like online world and sketch editing, and I kind of joined her Facebook community and it was a lovely very welcoming space and I took course upon course and I was like how am I spending so much money on you know a hobby am I crazy what's happening <laughs> yeah so what it turned out to be uh, something of great value and I would never have thought at that point that I would make a new career out of that for me
0: that little click that was some sort of bug in or <laughs> planted there by the universe depending on your sensibility <laughs> started you in a whole new direction it's such an amazing thing
1: yeah it still feels sweet i sometimes show that animation because it's available online i show it in my workshop saying you know you never know where stuff takes you just be open <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for those who haven't come across sketchnoting before, can you talk a little about what it is and what you do?
1: Yeah, it's a way of taking notes that are more visual. The the, um, the term was coined by a um, guy called Mike Rohde, and he was super frustrated just taking regular notes and he was note taking everything and it was very strenuous. So he limited himself to just getting the essential bits and not only writing that down, but also drawing little pictures. But they're really easy pictures. They're like little icons, very much like emojis, but still like even simpler than that. Um, So the brain, because our brain is so keen on visual input and uses a lot of its capacity for that, using words is great, but then having pictures along with it makes the brain light up even more and then the third element in sketchnoting is that you have like graphic elements like you use color you use spacing on the page like where you put your information it's not just you know top down left to right like we are writing in the western world Um, but it's like it's all like it's more 3d in a way and it engages your brain in a very different way and to condense information into this kind of format you really have to think about what's really important or what's important to me you can also include your emotions in that it's something that you know you can have little smiley faces next to things that light you up or like a grumpy face if 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 you don't agree with the information you're putting on the page and you can link information with each other either putting it next to each other or linking it with arrows or with little dotted lines or by the same color coding and I feel it's a very playful way to take notes and the thing that has been with me from the start and also because um, Diane Black, my mentor, then had a focus on that as well, is taking this whole thing also inward and, and recording what's going on inside me in this kind of way as well. So I feel it's a very lively way of note taking and engaging with the world and it has a lot of parallels with um nature journaling which i encountered a lot later but i find it very fascinating having the two next to each other and seeing the differences and also the great similarities
0: yes yes and so uh, you use the word lively and i think that's a really good way to describe it and Being able to do this in a quick way requires that you have something that you call a visual vocabulary. So to be able to take something quickly from your brain and pop it on the page in a quick and recognizable way requires you to have a little library of things in your brain. Can you talk about a visual
1: vocabulary? Yeah, basically, it's that you know how to draw certain things, but also the the ability to come up with images when you hear things and i feel that's it's really a skill it's something you practice and at first i was really overwhelmed with it i was like how can i how can anybody just be so quick with this and now i still sometimes feel like oh i'm not quick enough because if information comes very quickly like live doing that live is very challenging but also is like super You're coming into this zone of concentration. Yes. So, the visual library is for me is both being able to draw what I want to draw in a very simple and quick way. So, that's one thing you can practice. And the other way, the other thing in the visual vocabulary is actually linking things like coming up. For example, if you want to talk about something like quality there is no fixed icon like when yes. you talk about a banana a banana is a banana so there's like you can yes. you can draw a peeled banana or you can draw a closed banana but that's about it what you can do <laughs> but quality is like it can be very individual what you associated with it with with and like for example a gem could be something that you because it's something that's of worth and, but there would be a lot of other things, like if it's a heart quality, you can have someone holding Mm. a heart and these things, for me, that's where it gets really interesting and very personal in a way. And it's super interesting if you do this as a collaborative process, like in a business or something, or in a developing a curriculum or something. And you, you take these kind of visual notes, you start talking about we all have these kind of images in our heads in a way, but we're not Mm -hmm. realizing that. And Mm. so we can kind of put it on a page and see, are we on the same page really, literally, or is there a lot of difference in how we would depict that? Because if we would depict it very differently, we are thinking about it differently. And that's a huge thing with visual notes that you can come to a common understanding and also see where you differentiate or well, where you differ, really, where you differ in 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 your opinions and, and your thinking and maybe solve that or just have it be yeah. side by side and everybody's heard and everybody is seen because it's on the page. I feel that's such a great, powerful thing.
0: That's, ama- that's an amazing insight that, yeah, we do have these symbols in our minds and, of course, they're going to our symbols are going to be different because they've been gathered through different life experiences
1: yeah so interesting i have a visual example that i use which is just like when we say tree i might be thinking of of, like you might be thinking of a gum tree i might be thinking of like a german kind of tree and yes if we wanted to plant a garden and we just say let's plant a tree there it would be a great difference if it was like you know, a huge pine tree or <laughs> a gum yes. tree wouldn't grow in Germany. And and this kind of, you know, we are used to thinking visually when we plan like a garden or a house or when we want to move and, you know, renovate and all these things. But it's very valuable in other areas as well.
0: That's so cool. Uh, so I was looking at your posts on Instagram and a whole lot of them are just reams and reams and collections of arrows and banners and borders and different types of speech bubbles and i'm i I was loving that you can fill a whole page with arrows of different types and I, i was thinking about that and i wonder if you have them if you have collections of them that you flip through or do you are they more like held in your mind
1: now when you're when you're creating a piece um, when I created these things on Instagram, that's quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So that was quite at the beginning of my sketch note journey. And I joined a mm-hmm. uh, challenge by someone on the internet um, where we drew something every week. There was a topic, and I tried to come up with as many as I could. And I feel that as I've emerged and grown, I feel like I'm. I'm becoming simpler in a way, which is interesting mm-hmm. because I'm coming more to the core of it. And it's like I tried bullet journaling for a while and I gave mm-hmm. it up because I. You can get so lost in making it look pretty, yes. the same thing can happen it happened to me actually a bit in nature journaling as well. Yes um and and putting a huge effort into it but at the end of the day an arrow is an arrow is an arrow yes. <laughs> and the a, and a speech bubble is a speech bubble and sure it's great to practice these things and and have like this playful element but I feel and it's great because if you do that it's kind of in the back of your head anyway and if you need a decorative arrow you can come up with one yes um but it's it's lovely to also have it. Like the simple, the simplicity is also very endearing to me now. Yes,
0: I like that. And I was interested in hand lettering. I've always been fascinated with hand lettering, and I was wondering if that was part of your training as as a sketchnoter. Did they teach you hand lettering, or is that something you've just picked up along the way?
1: Um, the mixed. So text is an element of a sketch note, and when you're thinking about text, you're also thinking about how can you make a headline different or a title different from like minor content, and so you have like these hierarchies. And you learn about these things, and you we did learn about different lettering styles. And I always had a an interest. I loved we I don't know what, what do you call them. We we had uh, in school in art class very way back when I was in sixth grade or something. We would do um drawing and 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 writing with a um a nib Mm -hmm. so with just ink and a nib and I loved it I loved the whole and I also loved the Celtic kind of patterns and stuff I I drew that when I was a teenager I made my own lettering like my own letter paper and yeah so I really like that element anyways so i've been kind of practicing that along the way and it was in the time where hand lettering was like this huge thing anyways so there were lots of courses and everywhere and i was just practicing and noticing how when you practice the same little things every day for like a month how much better you get yes. and that's amazing
0: yes <laughs> so now you've taken this hobby that you invested yourself into so so strongly and now you're turning that into a career and i'd love to hear about the first time you were asked to sketch note professionally what was that moment
1: <laughs> that was a big moment <laughs> <laughs> um so to just go that like what happened was oh no i actually remember the first time wasn't the one i was thinking of right now um uh, I'm this kind of person who, if I learn something new, I'm so excited about it. I kind of have to tell people so yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so I was working in speech therapy full time, but I'd always taught at university with uh teaching teachers, stu- t- students who are becoming teachers, um, voice lessons, I'd done that for years, and I loved working with university students. So when I learned about sketchnoting, I was like, "Oh, this, I have to get this into schools and universities, it's so great. And I knew how to teach workshops, so I was kind of confident that I could do it. So I just reached out um, to a place that is in teacher training, but part of the university, like a special place. And I found a woman there who was just keen on sketchnoting and had just learned about it herself. And I went there with a sketch note as my kind of intro yes. thing. It was like my application was a sketch note, So
0: <laughs> I had
1: like, why, why are sketchnotes great? And then I had like a whole sheet of reasons why they are great. I, and it was like visuals with a bit of text. <laughs> and, and it was so funny to me that this was my application and then I got the job and I taught a few workshops there and I taught in other parts of the university as well. So that was my intro. And I still, today, I still use that. I've kind of cut it apart digitally and I use it as a PowerPoint presentation in my workshops and kind of say, look, this is like an application can look this way. (laughs) That's
0: amazing. That's amazing. Do you want to tell the story that you were thinking of?
1: The second story? The second story was that (laughs) I had kind of, I had started that, but I hadn't really made a business out of it yet, mm-hmm. so it was kind of doing it on the side and not quite knowing when, when to go official, <laughs> and then through a private contact, I got a gig at a huge pharmaceutical company here for, like, a day training, and my um, mentor, like Diane Black, she coached me and, and uh, helped me come up with a price, and I was just kind of crazy, yeah, and so I did a whole day of more like graphic facilitation, like mm-hmm. teaching them how to draw, but also talking about how they could make their topic more, like how how to think in a whole new way, a more creative way about what they were struggling with, which was a teaching topic. So we had this amazing day and at the end I was totally totally tired and totally happy yes. <laughs> and Can for imagine. that I needed to make my business official in like a couple of weeks I was like okay oh, yeah. I have this huge workshop I need to be official because you can't work with a big company without being able to write a, <laughs> a, a, an official invoice and so that was like this you know jump into the deep end of the Quick. pool <laughs> and it went well so that was good
0: <laughs> that is, it's so cool and you've even used you've even combined speech therapy with sketchnoting. And I'd love to hear how you do that and who you do that with and what the outcome was.
1: That was a huge turning point for me, actually, Mm. that was when I was still thinking, why am I doing this? I don't want to be a graphic recorder. Like, why am I taking all this training and paying a month, paying money for this? Like, yeah. And then i started using it with my patients and especially with i had two patients after a stroke and i'd worked with them for quite a while so i knew how they because speech therapists work with images a lot but it's usually it's either drawn images or or photographs and they are you know on a card and you show them to the patient and you make exercises with them but I found that when I draw in front of a person who has had a stroke, for example, and that person recognizes what I'm drawing or maybe even recognizes it at the point where I'm writing the word and then I put color. There was such a lot of activity that had gone on in the brain and I could feel that I, I, Mm -hmm. I don't have a brain scan. I can't say that that's really true but i could feel a difference in how focused my patient was and also in how the emotional activation was a lot bigger and how with how much more eagerness and also often with a lot more ease the words then came out it was this whole intensifying Mm. of something um and we made a a lovely connection with it so it was also a way for me because that patient that i'm thinking of now she she can't talk really um like she can say a few words but not when she wants to mm. so it was a way of me trying to explain things to her when something was happening like something had happened with her brother i explained it with a visual and because it comes like one after the after, other after the other like people with brain difficulties um, also I also found that later in a, I worked in a school with handicapped kids and the it's slowing down because words are really fast usually yes and they're not you can't touch them so slowing it down and step by step building something on the page whilst talking about it makes it so much more tangible and for my patient the stroke patient it gave her a lot of things that that made life easier for her and yeah that was very lovely that's amazing that
0: yeah that 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 idea that things are slow more slow but also that there's like a double layer that they can see it and they can hear it at the same time yeah sounds
1: really powerful with the with the kids at the handicapped school (laughs) I had a very sweet encounter with she was maybe 15 at the time. There was a girl and she had great difficulties reading and writing. Like she could write her name and she could probably read like her name and maybe one or two other things, but it was like a very, very difficult area for her. And she loved baking and cooking. So sometimes we would do some activity like that and then talk about it and then we would draw it and we would draw the recipe oh. and she had also great difficulties like from with making arrows she would make the points of the arrows the wrong way so they kind of pointed out <laughs> okay, yeah. um, because that was also very difficult so her difficulty in writing was not only language but also getting her hand to do what it needed to do but she got so much more confident um, in making marks on the page that Eventually we created these things together and then she would say to me, this is something I can read. So oh, yes. it was like, "Ah, oh, that's the, I can read this because it was a visual thing. So yes. she would have actually, she would have needed help with measurements. But other than that, she would, because she was very competent in other areas, she would have been totally fine recreating that recipe in her own kitchen with some help.
0: Yes. And
1: I loved that. It's so empowering. And
0: yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about the power of words and pictures together. Do you have a, an idea or can you vocalise why this combination is so powerful, so much more powerful than just the picture? Because you could have done just the pictures with uh, with people, but the words and the pictures together has a, an extra power.
1: Do you know why? Yeah. I think it's because there's a lot more parts of the brain. Like yes. words and pictures are um processed in different parts of our brains and i feel that it's not so much of a difference if the word is read actually of if it's spoken because in my work as a speech therapist i also drew with kids who just were before school age so they couldn't yes. read but for them it has a significant significance sometimes if you write it down and they know what you're writing so they feel like validated but also um I feel the spoken word is almost equal for people who cannot process language which is written due to you know a brain injury or just a handicap of some sort, or also because they're from a different country and they don't speak the language and they or they can't read and write because they didn't learn that in their culture. It's such a great thing to have these both mediums and put them together because you will always gain something from each if you just have images like you know how you probably have gotten some kind of text message which is almost emojis like exclusive exclusively (laughs) emojis and you can really misunderstand that it's like why are you sending me this emoji because it means something different to you (laughs) or i i have i had a blind patient and i tested having my mobile phone read the emojis to me because they have like a a meaning that you can if you put on the guided thing in your mobile phone so it reads it to you I was like oh this means actually being embarrassed I thought it was you know meaning being happy yes (laughs) so yeah I I feel that pictures alone (laughs) have a lot of misunderstanding possibilities and that's why as a culture today we don't still use like you know in the cave ages we don't use just signs of it would be so complex. How could we describe what we are doing today, even what we are doing here now, in just images? Oh, yes. It would be so difficult. And oftentimes when people come to my workshops, they think they have to ditch language and text. Okay. But I feel that this is just one way. And it because it's rooted in our ancestry, because we learned that that was our first way of writing as a human race, it kind of connects to a very deep part of ourselves. But then the language we've evolved now, which is based on sounds and links to concepts is a whole different thing. And having everything active in your brain is this huge richness of symbols and meanings. And it has so many layers. It's like a cake with lots and lots of layers. (laughs) And you can have like a a cake with two layers and it's nice, but if you have more layers, you have more taste. And I feel it's kind of that way.
0: Yeah, well, it just occurred to me that, um, word, you know, you said pictures alone or emojis alone, for an example, can easily be misunderstood, but words alone can easily be misunderstood. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why emojis were invented, because you can say something and you have sent it with good intentions, and someone can receive it as a negative comment. And that's why putting a smiley face at the end is so such a um, helpful thing. And I mean, it just occurred to me that texting with emojis is its own form of <laughs> skeuo. It is. <laughs> it is. And I was
1: I was listening to to your interview with Billie Joe and how she lets the kids do an yes. emoji and how that she says that's their language and yes it is. Like I have yeah. a funny slide which is the Egyptian language which is also it's I think it's a sound-based language actually but it, I have it looks like images to us so i have that that's set on the top and then on the on the bottom it's emojis and it says uh, 40, 000, uh Four thousand years later we have come back to the same language <laughs> <laughs> and i really love that uh but yes. yeah uh, yeah there's a lot of misunderstanding in writing and um when we were just doing test text messages before we had emojis and smartphones yeah. i have had some weird situations yes, me too
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah well so there's another um express a way of expressing yourself that uses words pictures and also numbers and that's nature journaling and i'd love to hear about how you came to nature journaling
1: i came to nature journaling through skillshare classes from julia Bausenhardt, who actually lives like 90 kilometers from where i live which i found really? out afterwards which is really funny <laughs> we've never met in person but <laughs> we've been in touch and uh yeah, so I took some of our classes in 2019 in the fall and I loved it, but and it didn't really stick. Um sometimes you have to have the right time or I don't know. Oh, it's mm-hmm. just I so I I did some nature journaling then, but I, I was very much focused on images then. And I love watercolor and I loved learning and I, I did some beautiful sketches and stuff. Um and then I kind of let it go again. And then through her newsletter, I got onto your podcast. <laughs> and, That's and then I listened to her interview, and she said, There's lots of other beautiful interviews in there. And then I started listening to the old episodes, and I found the one where you interviewed John Yulaws. And something just moved in me with that interview. I was very touched by it. And then I found out that due to the pandemic, he had a lot of stuff online, and I started joining um some of his sessions and that just kind of that plus at the time i'd already quit my job in speech therapy and i was working on a transition to doing this kind of visual work as my full-time job that kind of was very it was a good ground for 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 the seeds to to pop in and 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 (laughs) (laughs) germinate and through the winter and then into spring, I was just soaking it all up. And I got his book for Christmas. um, (laughs) And then my dad, who's actually um, a huge bird lover, um, he gave me um, the binoculars, the close focus binoculars as a present. So yeah, I've been on that journey since then, really. And then I kind of got lost in the pretty picture thing. Yeah. Because I love... So what also happened was that um, in August 2020, I started a course with three British illustrators, um, and they they were a lot about live drawing. I had never drawn live drawing done live drawing before, so I started drawing a little thing every day um, since August. Or I started in August 2020, and that kind of fed into the nature journaling journey, um, and then I started drawing something from nature um, and. I was very focused on the images and drawing from life and learning a lot. And as I loved what I was doing, but it was taking a lot of time. it's, it's mm. hugely con- it's, I feel it's a huge different way of concentration. And I found it strenuous at first. I still do sometimes. And then I mm. found myself not doing it a lot. Not as much as I kind of would I would have liked to. And then Nature Journaling Week came along. <laughs> International Nature Journaling Week. And I loved Melinda's workshop on the mindset. And... So I stopped using the journal I'd used before. I took a cheap journal that I had. I took a ballpoint pen and I was like, I'll just not make this so precious. And since then, I've been nature journaling more, but I kind of stopped again because I had so much going on, as you know. But yes, I'm going to I'm going to start again. But I love this. Taking the pressure out of it helped me a lot.
0: Yes, I was going to ask you a question about materials that you use for sketchnoting and that you use for nature journaling and I think you've answered it a little bit and I've heard you speak about this with regards to um, sketchnoting that you don't want to choose the highest quality materials because it brings you anxiety and
1: so choosing something that's more simple helps free you of that. It helps me a lot and I do... Mm. Um, for my natural journaling I use watercolor because I love watercolor but for my sketch notes um, if I if I do sketch notes like I do them digitally or I do them by hand and I used to only use markers because it's so much quicker and you don't have like you have a few colors and I have these markers that have double like they have two colors on each end is a different color oh, yeah. so you have them all at hand and so that's great for sketchnoting if it has to go fast. I sometimes use watercolors there as well. But yeah, I, for me, it helps me if I'm not too precious about it. Um, but I do love good materials and I love and I love what I created on good paper as well. So <laughs> yeah. It's hard.
0: It is a trap that um, wanting and needing to produce something perfect. Mm. It's hard to get away from.
1: Yeah, it kind of catches you again and again, and you kind of yes. have to. It gets easier to get out of it, but if you have a tendency to land there, it will just be with you for quite some years, I think. Yes. So tell me, what does
0: nature look like when you step outside?
1: I live in a smallish university town, and I live right on the outskirts. So there is, um, a, a, I'm three mi- minutes by foot from the forest so that's where i replenish which is really really lovely um it's kind of like an urban forest but it's very lovely and yeah that's my i call it my little forest (laughs) and then on the other side of the street there's like my big forest which is a bit more (laughs) yeah there's a lot of you know it's a they they log trees there and it's there's hunting there so it is used in like a it's quite heavily used but it's still Mm -hmm. a bit more wild than on this side of the road <laughs> and other than that yeah it's just a middle of Germany landscape with meadows and fields and hills and trees so I like I love going hiking here it's a beautiful area I'd love to know about you you
0: touched on it and we were talking about other things but you mentioned about how nature journaling and sketchnoting overlap and I wonder about that for you, how how they overlap, how they're similar and how they're different and whether you're sketchnoting nature when
1: you're nature journaling. Um, yes, I do in some cases. Um, I feel the main difference for me is in how the images are produced because in sketchnoting you're using quick symbols and I do that alongside my drawings. But in nature journaling you're really looking at what does it look like you're looking at details you're getting really specific whereas the idea of sketchnoting is taking all that away and just having like the symbol which is yeah it's very in a way that's kind of superficial because it needs to be because it needs to be quick but I love that process of really looking at things and even if I'm not drawing now I'm looking differently through the training of nature journaling um but I feel that nature journaling has encouraged me. I'm using words more now, which is like a, because of the blending of the both, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling more how important words are and how they can make a page, not a drawing, but more yes. like a story. And I love that. So, and I, for sure, I use all, you know, I use frames. I, it's funny because... John Muir Laws teaches a lot about sketchnoting skills because he's learned from Mike Brody. <laughs> and yes. um, so there's a huge overlap for me. I feel the main difference is how you actually look at the things and, and that the aim is to go really deep into something. Whereas with sketchnoting, it can be very deep, but it's the depiction is not on that same le- level of depth and detail. So, yeah.
0: I wonder if your training as a sketch can help you in with the pretty picture issue because sketch noting is quick and simple and stylized, and nature journaling is detailed as you said, but sometimes that that can be too much of a draw to to be perfect on on your nature journal page and I wonder if somehow drawing yourself back to the sketch note when you feel that intensity of um needing to make a pretty picture that reminding yourself
1: of the sketch note idea could help i don't know <laughs> yeah i think it's what i i think it comes back to what john Munoz calls making a diagram yes like that's that's the where it comes together and <laughs> I found that if I if I make really beautiful pictures, I really kind of hesitate sometimes to draw an arrow to it because it kind of I love the white space around the picture. Yeah. So, so that's what I found with using the new uh, method of having a cheap sketchbook and and kind of materials that don't make such fine marks. Um, it's much easier to just, you know, put something on the page and remind myself that it's just about putting something on the page. Yeah.
0: Yes. One thing that I found, I used to use a 0.05 pen and I would be really fussy with that. And when I got too fussy, I would use a fatter pen. And I found just that was enough to to help.
1: <laughs> I find the same. Like really, uh, I find the same if I'm using, I love being detailed and fine and tiny, yeah. but I love it. It, it's very freeing to use a tool that you can't be fiddly with.
0: Yes, yes, mm. <laughs> absolutely. Great idea. <laughs> so I want to tell the listener of this podcast that you have just published the best class on Skillshare. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> you have just published this amazing class, which I watched the other day, and I watched with a smile on my face from beginning to end. It's all about something that you've invented called Doodles, And I want you to tell everyone all about what Doodles are and
1: about your class. Gratidoodles are gratitude, gratitude doodles, which is my way of bringing gratitude practice or gratitude journaling together with sketchnoting and i developed that um at the beginning of this year in actually a time where i wasn't it was a personally quite of a hard time and i had tried doing i had tried to keep like a gratitude log or a gratitude journal before but i found that it felt like homework in some ways mm-hmm. or very i often stayed in my head with that and after a while i just didn't keep it up it felt like a task or something and when I got the idea of doing that in a visual way something just clicked and what I do is at the end of my day I sit down and I think back to my day and I pick something sometimes it's more than one thing and sometimes it's just one thing and it can be super tiny like you know walking t- taking a tiny little walk at the time that I needed it or eating something yummy or it can be something big like you know, in that time when I'd done it, my nephew was born and it was a huge mm. thing. So, and anything in between. So then I I draw a tiny little picture and these pictures are rooted in sketch notes, but they're kind of like, because I've been also doing a live drawing practice. So I kind of do it just my way, how I express myself yes. and I write some words with it. Sometimes I don't, but often I put some words with that now and... Then I colour it with some watercolour and it's done in, I don't know, anywhere between 5 to, at the most, 15 minutes. But usually it's like around 10 at the most. And I now have this collection of months and months of these tiny little drawings that are so... It's like a string of positive moments. And even, not all my days were funny (laughs) so and happy and even on the darkest days there was something to be grateful for and I feel that there's such a lot of power to to gain from seeing the world through that lens and I now understand more why it's great to keep a gratitude journal I just needed to find my own way and so I've made that into a skillshare class now which has been the a crazy process and very exciting
0: (laughs) (laughs) so I had a little glimpse of you uh just from our correspondence as you did this as you created this class and to see it come together at the end and to watch it was just such a joy and the class is so joyful and completely engaging but also very relaxing at the same time i just love it so much and i'm going to link to it in the show notes for this episode if i can and I think you've done something really powerful because there's two powerful things come together. One is focusing on gratitude. There's research to say that that's an incredible way to increase our happiness in life and expressing ourselves creatively. That That is another way that we can um, bring calm and happiness into life. And so there's two really powerful things there together and I think that you're on to a winner.
1: <laughs> I just love it. It makes me it makes my heart very fill very much filled with joy and um sometimes I send these things because I include other people too. So sometimes I send little a little picture of something that I've drawn that involves another person and send it to them and they always it it resonates with them so deeply because they've been there and i've kind of captured the feeling and the essence of the moment in my little tiny drawing and you know what about you know the tools (laughs) i actually make those things really small like a thumbnail sketch they Mm -hmm. they're like i don't know a few centimeters usually um and that's because i don't want to be fussy and i don't want this to be a huge task and now for the course I had some close-ups of some of those and you can see that you know I totally don't draw inside the lines I, I color outside the lines a lot <laughs> and it's this kind of very spontaneous a bit messy style that suits me very well and is a, a good expression of how I'm feeling and again having the words and the pictures gives me that depth of the moment and and the feeling of how it was and. And it is an art practice it's really something i've drawn something every day there's like one day where something like it was a very very hectic and stressful day but i've drawn something every day and that is lovely and it's small and it's doable and and i also in the class i i teach those basic skills of like even if you're not a drawer <laughs> at all this is for everybody. I teach the very, very basic skills of how you can take basic shapes and make them into icons and how you can look up icons on the Internet and, yeah, just kind of follow your sniff to to get to your kind of expression. And it can be super simple. It can be stick figures. It can be a few words and, and you know, and, and even if something is not recognizable, like in nature journaling draw an arrow say what it is yes. and that's it <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't have it's it's I love the oh, I've always also in in singing I love I love songs that are really simple like rounds and mantras and these kinds of things that you don't have to think it's just something that comes out and it's this tiny sweet expression
0: yes that's a perfect way to say it and In the class, I've always had this sort of feeling about sketchnoting like, oh, that's something that other people do because it's a bit too hard. I've always felt like I haven't really dabbled in it because it seemed hard. But your class really opens it up. And I've never put, I have occasionally, but really rarely put people into my nature journal because I find sketching people really intimidating. And you did such a beautiful job of opening that up in the class and you say this is our basic person here a circle with some sticks coming off stick man there he is and and then you said if you want him to be a bit wider you can do it like this and if you want him to be a bit more expressive you can do it like this and it really came together for me that that's not hard I can do that and and you did that for other things as well like you really said this is uh, as you said it's a it's a simple little I love that you've used the word doodle because that just something in that word frees you up it's not it's not making art it's making a doodle and it's doodling your gratitude and so that's doable I that was what I came away from the class with like yeah I can actually do that that doesn't seem hard at all that
1: seems like so much fun. <laughs> I love that. That's a great feedback. And I actually feel that this is, there's one lesson that's still to be filmed, because, but I couldn't do it before the deadline ahead, um, which is about doodling together. And I feel that this is also, even if you're not doing it with someone else, but it's a great activity that anybody you can do it with your kids. You can show them how to do it from a certain age. I think from very little, and you don't have to include writing, so you can do it from a very early age as like a family activity. Or I think my classes is is, a, is done in a way that um, somebody who's being homeschooled could easily take the class. Um, f- I don't know how old they should be, but maybe you have a suggestion. But it's very it's very accessible, and yes. it's not. I feel sometimes. Well, my challenge in my job now is that it looks so simple and it is so deep <laughs> and it's sometimes hard to convey the depth of it because it looks so simple. But if you do it, like the workshops I teach now on sketchnoting, I'm actually teaching my colleagues now, which is really fun. I'm teaching speech therapists a lot. And I've I've invented a, um, a workshop format, which is one and a half days online. And then we have a three week break or sometimes even a bit longer. And then we see each other for another half day. And in that time, the people try out what they've learned and also they know I'm coming for them again. So i not in the mean way, but it's like, we'll see each other again. <laughs> I will ask them, have you done it? <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm kind of using that to their advantage, not to like, I don't want to be like a teacher that is there with a finger yes. pointing up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not my thing, but it's like, it helps them. I said, they say it helps them to keep going because they yes. know the second accountability thing. And then in the second workshop, the people have had some experience of connection with that because if you do that like they they have told me that they had an adhd student sitting with them and all of a sudden that that kid was quiet and focused and curious and telling stories that they've never told before and using their words in a different way and they've had stroke patients already uh, almost like being really surprised and touched by what they could say because they were triggered in a different way mm. and yeah i i love that depth but it's not you don't see it at first glance you see cute little images but it, there is a lot of depth to that and that's the same with my class i feel you can take it as you you have you have an art background and then you 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 take something from that and and you can also you know be a 12 year old wanting to do that and and gain something from the class I've tried to make it in that way so I
0: love the idea of doing it with a child or the family we always say one thing that we're grateful for at the dinner table and Mm, this could take it one step further and and I think uh, I know from nature journaling that there's something, some sort of magic that happens when you put pen on the paper. Mm. It it, it sparks something extra inside you. And I think drawing and writing about gratitude in that way must do something extra. (laughs) And it must be such a
1: joy to look through page after page of
0: it is i actually do
1: that i i sit yeah. down sometimes and just look at what has happened and also it's it's a way of remembering important moments yeah. in your life um and i feel there's many different ways that you could do that as a family activity you could you don't have to do it every day with with your family you could do it every day for yourself um, and then do it once a week with your family yes. have like a ritual or have like a gratitude wall where people can or like your fridge is the gratitude space or oh, so yeah. stick stuff on there
0: I love that
1: and I've heard about people having gratitude jars um, and you could do doodles in the jars and put them in the jars and then pull them out again I'm for sure I'm going to sit there at the end of the year when I do my like review of the year and look we'll look at my doodles for sure and you could I, I could see an activity where you do, if you do that every day, um, as a family, you could then at the end of the week, go back and have like a reflection, what was the most special thing this week, and then or have it every week, and then like do it one every week. And then at the end of the month, look at what was special, and then just keep that and have like the the highlights of the year at the end of the year to look back on. Yeah, I feel it's a very lovely way of also, for children who, who are still learning to anchor themselves in time, it's a lovely yes. way of kind of marking time with something positive. And I love that you do that every night. It's such a sweet Yeah powerful Yeah, thing. I
0: think I really believe that helping children focus on gratitude is a practice that is so valuable. Just that idea that you can like you say, even on days that are hard, you can put your attention in a better place yeah and that's something that you build like you said it's something you you learn to do to to focus where you want to
1: focus yeah, and that's I mean, important for kids for me what, what it reminds me of is that it's the same process now when I go out in nature because I've been doing nature journaling I look so much even if I don't have my nature journal with me I look so much closer at things or I will count yes. seeds or come up with new things and it's changed my focus and that's like I've been I've been really blessed in my life and I know that but I'm now I'm feeling it on a different level and I knew that something was kind of missing there but I just didn't find a way that really I could do it without making me feel like I, I have to and it, then the joy is gone and then you can't feel the gratitude yes and so having this practice is so lovely because Now I have that and I feel that the appreciation is so much, like it grows and see how we connected over gratitude, like that's just so, I say it out loud much more, I oftentimes when I've met a friend, I will send them a text after saying that was lovely, thank you and I hadn't, I didn't do it the same way before and I'm wondering where this will take me in a few years. It's just, yeah, it's been a quite amazing journey. That's really
0: powerful. And I'm just thinking even about the act that you did, which is to listen to a podcast and then to reach out to me and say, hey, that was important to me. Thank you. That's huge. And that's an act of gratitude as well. And so maybe expressing our gratitudes with
1: each other or to each other is one huge part of this. I, yeah, it is. But I feel, but one thing that's really important to me in this day and age of sharing everything with everyone in the world on social media. And also, even if it's just with your loved ones, I feel it's so important that you also just create for yourselves. So I found that after sending my friends a few gratitude, I kind of felt like the pressure when I sat down and Mm -hmm. I I knew there was something we had done something that day that I, I needed to send them a picture. But maybe something else stood out to me that day. And I had to really talk to myself quite seriously, seriously saying, this is just for me. I'm doing this just for myself and see what comes up because otherwise yes. i feel it's a it's something that it is, changes yeah it changes and and mm-hmm. i feel it's a trap that as as a person but also as an artist that we can ta- it, it's an easy trap that we fall into these days yes. where we think about the results and the likes so much and i've stayed away from like that's why i'm not on instagram actively a lot at the moment because i'm I feel I get pulled into something that is hard for me to control, which is just doing stuff for other people to like me and not just for myself because I want to express myself. And there's always a fine line there and it's not black and white. But, yeah, I feel that's important.
0: Yeah. I guess I was just thinking, like, if you think or feel something, telling someone Mm. can be important.
1: Yes, totally.
0: Oh, that was just something that came to my mind because it was really valuable and amazing to, to receive that message from you, mm. and I felt like that in itself was an expression of
1: gratitude. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was really yeah, and it, it feels like it's so it can be so anonymous on the internet. And you listen yes. to something; it means something a lot. And, and I was like, I think I've done that actually. I've done that already when I was in school, and I liked the lesson. I would when when I was older. And like when I was like 17, 18, I would tell the the, the teacher that I liked it, um, which I because I felt their loneliness mm. in just delivering something and everybody being like, Muh. bye, <laughs> afterwards, yeah, and, or not just yeah. talking. And I've, I, it rarely happens to me. Or it happened to me once when I was teaching at the uni that I had students that didn't relate to me. Because usually they kind of find out that I'm not grading them, and and then they open up. And they, mm-hmm. it becomes really lovely, but I had them like be, they were like behind a glass wall, and I couldn't reach them, and it felt mm. horrible, and I was like, "Oh my God, if you're a teacher and that happens to you all the time, it must feel horrible, and you're so alone, and you're trying to give their best, and you mean a lot to them, you so you have such a great impact, but you might not know. so: Yes, yeah
0: oh. It has been amazing to talk to you, and I wonder if you can tell the listener where they can find you and how to reach your
1: work through
0: through the internet
1: (laughs) so first of all we'll put the link to the skillshare class in the um, show notes and with that because skillshare is a platform where you have to become a member with that comes like depending on when you take that at the moment it's a month of free you can just sign up um, and you can watch the class and you can if you, then, if you don't become a member for, for the time afterwards, it's really easy to just c- cancel the membership and you don't have to pay anything. And I think after that, it will be at least two weeks that you get for free. Um, so it doesn't cost you anything Excellent. to watch the class. Um, so that's the first thing I would say. And then I do have a website. It's in German at the moment. I will translate it into English eventually, but the pictures speak for themselves. And we'll leave a link to that in the show notes as well and my business is called Zacks visuel which means say it visually and i have a pen as a logo and uh, a cord comes out which is like a drawn line and then there's a light bulb and then there is a speech bubble saying say it visually or Zacks visuel and i like that um, connection between language and yeah so you can find me there and i do as you no, now I do speak English quite quite well, so I do teach and in English, and I love working with people in English as well as German. So, and I draw. I I don't only teach. I draw these kinds of images for people, or work on images. With I love that collaborative process of working yes. something out in a visual way and then delivering it as a picture.
0: Say it visually is just the perfect.
1: Yeah, I love it. Name. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's German. So that's really like, it's a bit, yeah. (laughs) It's that dilemma that you have in naming your business. Do you do it in your own language or do you do it internationally? Yes. Uh,
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been amazing. (laughs) We got it together
1: finally. We did. It was lovely. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Ayoka.
0: I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Ayoka. I love the idea of the gratidoodle, this simple and powerful way of combining gratitude practice with creativity. I can personally highly recommend Ayoka's gratidoodle class. She has a warm and gentle teaching style, and the class is uplifting and engaging, and at the same time, very, very relaxing. Gratidoodling is something that I'm excited to make part of my everyday practice. And I think you'll really enjoy it too. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.